I always call back to my good friend Alan Cosgrove played no small part in us opening IFAST because I remember sitting in California I'd done like a an in-service for his staff and he's like all right come on we're gonna go have lunch and we sat there and he's like well what do you want to do and I think I was you know 28 29 at the time I said well I want to open a gym he said great how long will it take you to do that I said I don't know six months he's like perfect in six months you're gonna open a gym and I was like wow okay Hello and welcome to the Physical Preparation Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Robertson, and today we're going to talk about 10 ways to upgrade your body, your business, and your life as a coach. Now, I don't know about you, I am really buzzing, had an amazing weekend, long weekend, Uh, got to go down, hang out with my guy Andy McCloy in Huntsville, Alabama, give my first ever complete coach seminar. Uh, Very biased, willing to admit that, but I also feel like it was a rousing success. Definitely harder than a lot of the presentations that I've given in the past because I didn't sit there and rely on, you know, keynotes or, you know, PowerPoint lectures all day long. There was a lot of dialogue. There was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of me catering the seminar itself to the members and attendees in the audience. So, man, it was just a really great event. I'm still buzzing about it. I'm excited to see if I can continue to build on that format. But, man, long weekend, but also one of those that leaves you energized. So, today, I want to have you think about this. What if I told you I could help increase your energy, your income, and your happiness with just a few simple steps? Would you be interested? I mean, I would be if somebody came to me. I'd also probably think they were trying to sell me something from like an MLM. (laughs) But, you know, I'll be honest. If somebody's telling me, hey, like I've got some things that are going to help you increase your energy, help you make more money, just feel better, more confident, I'd be all ears. And, you know, I don't know if you know this about me, but like one of the things that I'm most interested in outside of the fitness space is this idea of productivity of happiness, of trying to get more out of every single day. So I've always asked myself, like if I wasn't in fitness, I would probably be doing something for business owners, for entrepreneurs in this space of productivity, daily planning, and finding ways to to manage and take care of your energy. Um, You know, that's the the cool answer, if I could, I think I would you know own a coffee shop or be a barista or or own a dog retreat or something like that. But productivity is something I've been fascinated by, and I think there's a lot of facets to it. And I think this is something that you know whether you're a seasoned vet as a coach and you've been doing this 10, 15, 20 years, but especially if you're new to the industry, these are things you need to hear. These are things that I wish I would have heard when I was coming up. Like, hey, if you do these 10 things you're probably going to be a heck of a lot more successful. Now, as we go through these 10 ways to upgrade yourself, what I don't want you to think is that I am preaching from the pulpit, right? Like, I am not perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes. I am very much a human. So, you know, as you go through this, understand that while it might be great to do all 10 of these things every day, you don't necessarily have to do them every single day. What's most important is that you do them regularly. And I think that's going to be a big take-home point because if we're being realistic, there's only so many hours in a day. And, you know, I'm fascinated by routines as well. There's a really great book called Daily Routines, and it talks about the different things that people do. But, you know, if you try and create these daily routines and you've got like a 15 or 20 point checklist, next thing you know, you spent your whole day going through your routines and rituals and you haven't gotten any actual work done. So don't feel like if you don't do all 10 of these every single day, you're a failure. Think of it more on a macro level, week to week, month to month. Are you doing these things on a regular basis? If you can say yes, then I think immediately you're going to see a massive positive impact on your life. So just keep in mind, this is like your daily checklist. Do your best to do as many of these on every day as possible, and you're going to see big time success. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to jump into the 10 ways to upgrade your body, business, and life as a coach. One thing Bill Hartman and I have talked about for years now is the power of mentorship. 
Early on, I didn't have a mentor to shape or guide me, or most importantly, help me find the blind spots in my own training and coaching. But luckily, after many years of trial and error, I found Bill, and my professional success exploded as a result. But the downside to the mentorship process, at least professionally, is that it can be pricey. For private mentees that I work with, it costs anywhere from $3.99 to $5.99 per month to work together. And while I know the results go far beyond that price, the fact of the matter is that just won't work for a lot of folks. So when Bill and I sat down a while back, we asked ourselves a really tough question. How can we help shape the future of the industry and truly make it great? And beyond that, how can we create amazing content yet make it affordable to virtually every trainer or coach out there? And the answer for us was simple. Restart iFast University. Here's what you'll get when you become a member of iFast University. One update each month from myself and Bill. This could cover anything from improving exercise technique to writing better programs and everything in between. Twice per month Q&As, where Bill and I will personally answer your questions to help you become better at training, coaching, or even running your fitness business. A Facebook group where you'll be surrounded by like-minded trainers and coaches who are serious about getting better, and access to the iFastU archives, where you'll be able to watch literally hundreds of pieces of content from the iFast team over the years. This blend of content and Q&A is specifically designed to help make you the best trainer or coach possible. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to ifastuniversity.com to get signed on. We'd love to have you on board. Okay, so without any further ado, we are going to start in on the 10 ways to upgrade your body, business, and life as a coach. And the first two items, believe it or not, don't start on the day. They actually start the night before. So the first thing I want you to try and do every single day is brain dump and plan your next day. Now, I'm a big believer in the saying that success leaves clues. So over the years, I've studied a lot of people, not just in the fitness space, but also I would say in the business space, the productivity space, the entrepreneurship space. And when you listen to guys like Dan Kennedy, when you listen to guys like Craig Valentine, uh, a little bit closer to our world when you talk about guys like Pat Rigsby. Every single one of them use this method, okay? So this is something that I started doing in the early 2010s. Uh, I've used it for basically at least the last decade, maybe even just a little bit longer, but I can tell you it has made an immediate impact on my production and my productivity. So here's what I need you to do. Let's say you go to bed at nine o'clock. You're laying in bed, bedtime's 10.30. I've talked a lot about pre-bed rituals and you know just trying to create a better environment for sleep. So what I want you to do first, turn all the electronics off and I want you to brain dump all of those pesky things that are bouncing around in your head. Write them all down. It could be things you need to do, people you need to email, projects you wanna work on. It could be absolutely anything but get them all out of your head because that's immediately gonna help you chill out and relax. Now, the second step here is this idea of planning. And another quote that I tend to live by is that failing to plan equals planning to fail. So planning the day means that you have this really focused game plan and you know going into the day what you want and need to get done to make it a successful day for you. Now. This is so important because I feel like if you try and do this in the morning, immediately you are reactive. You're not able to focus. If you've got kids, you know, they're screaming or they need something or you get an email or a text. I got a text the other morning at like 647 that kind of threw off my whole morning. So what you want to do is you want to have things planned the night before. Literally, I will script out my entire day. You know, eight o'clock, I've got coaching. Nine o'clock, I've got a coaching hour. 10 o'clock, I've got an hour to work on iFast-related things. 11, coaching hour. 12, staff meeting. 1 o'clock, staff training. You know, like I've got it literally booked out hour to hour so I know exactly what my day looks like. And then from there, I can schedule and I can plan all of the important tasks that I need to get done. And here is something that I don't think enough people consider. Too often we get into this reactive mode of, you know, I've got to get back to this person or I have to write this program. 
and we forget about what a lot of people describe as important but non-urgent tasks. So these are some of your big picture items, those things that can 10x your business. So a great example for me was when I created the Complete Coach Cert. Now, there was no timeline for me to create the certification. I could have done it the year that I did, which I think was 2019, or I could have done it in 2025. Like the world doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to the world. But to me, it really shifted my business. It created the opportunity to get in front of more coaches to help expand what I was doing. So if you don't book those important but non-urgent tasks, they never get done because you end up playing reaction mode 24 7 365 so very simple on this one start right now today this is something you can do tonight before you go to bed get a yellow legal pad that's my personal favorite probably showing my age there and the fact that I'm pretty old school but I love the yellow piece of paper write down your brain dump write down your agenda you know get all those ideas out of your head create your agenda and tell me the next day how much more productive you are all right, so that's number one, brain dump and plan your day. Now, I told you the first two things actually start the night before. The second one is sleep. Gotta sleep. And it reminds me of a conversation that I had with Pavel. Believe it or not, I actually had a podcast before this one. So I think we're like six some years in, six and a half years into this guy. But there was actually a podcast that I ran before for like 40 episodes called In the Trenches Fitness. And I got the opportunity to interview Pavel. Absolutely loved it. But when I asked him the big question, I said, hey, man, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. What's like your biggest regret or what would you go back and tell your former self? And he said something along the lines of my biggest regret or mistake was that since I knew physiology, that it didn't apply to me. And that really resonated with me because I think as trainers and coaches, in a lot of instances, we think we can outsmart our body. We can outsmart our biomechanics, our, our physiology. And it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. So just because you know sleep is important, if you ignore it, you still have negative benefits or negative things that happen to you as a result of that. And I remember for a long time, these people on Twitter were talking about team no sleep. I followed a lot of people kind of in the media or in the news space, you know, these people that were up at two or three in the morning and everything was hashtag team no sleep. But I mean, let's be realistic here. How many of you that are listening right now know that sleep is important? You know, you should be working hard to get more sleep or to improve the quality of your sleep, but you aren't making it a priority. And again, I'm not, I'm not up here preaching uh, like I've never struggled with this or dealt with this. When I did in-home, I was lucky most nights. I think if I got six hours of sleep a night, definitely wasn't the best quality. You know, when I opened the gym, I was burning the candle at both ends. But look, let's be realistic here. If you're in this space, if you're a trainer, a coach, a rehab professional, you've got to make your own health a priority. And it's not just how you look. You know, I know the influencers will tell you, oh man, if you don't have a great set of glutes or six pack abs or huge guns, like you're not successful. But look, to me, this is way more all encompassing the space that we're in. It's not just about looking healthy, it's about actually being healthy. And we talked about this this past weekend at the Complete Coach Seminar. And we talked about this idea of your clients and your athletes have a much stronger BS filter than you probably think. So if you're telling them all the benefits of more sleep and, you know, why they should be getting more sleep and how it's negatively impacting, you know, their workouts, but you're sleeping three and a half, four hours a night or just mainlining energy drinks until nine or 10 o'clock at night, like they know, they know that you're not being honest, that you're not being transparent. Okay. So if you're going to have these kind of health discussions with your clients and athletes, you need a leg to stand on. And people can tell if you're walking the walk and talking the talk. So make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Now, it's not it's not uncommon as a as as a health or fitness professional to not know all the things, right? Like you probably know a lot about training, but maybe you don't know as much about nutrition or sleep or recovery or meditation. So if you don't know, hey man, here are some great ways to learn. First off, I got an awesome podcast with Nick Little Hales. I'll link it in the show notes. If you haven't listened to Nick's stuff, he's amazing. 
He's got an awesome book too. I think it's the most practical guide to sleep that I have read. There's others that other people seem to like more. Not totally sure why, but I will tell you the sleep book that he has is absolutely fantastic. Again, I'll link it in the show notes. Awesome show with Dr. Amy Bender, also on the podcast. Practical stuff, friends. I don't want to know, you know, I mean, and I've read it before. I don't want to know like what happens in each phase anymore. I don't care about that. Give me practical strategies and solutions that I can use with my clients and athletes. So one last thing I want you to think about. You know, if you're going to be in this space for the long haul, and I think of it as this, you know, I've been coaching almost 22 years now. I probably got at least another 15 to 20 in me. So if you're going to coach for 20, 30, 40 years, and you feel like you're pretty confident in training, it might be time to expand your horizons a little bit and consider taking six months of your Con Ed journey and really diving in to learning more about sleep, to learning more about nutrition. Because, I mean, these are things that you do every single day. You got to eat every day. You got to sleep every day. So it makes sense to take the time, invest in your education so that you are maybe not an expert, but you are at least a solid reference for the clients and athletes you work with. When they have questions or at least general foundational questions about these topics, you can talk from a certain level of expertise. So one last thing here. Maybe you can't get nine hours per night. I mean, I'm realistic. I work in this space too. Um, So as a trainer or a coach, it's exceedingly hard to get nine hours. But this is where Nick Little Hales' system comes into play. and He's way more focused on total sleep cycles. So hey, maybe you can only get six at night. Can you carve out time during the middle of the day to get a nap? Or maybe you can get a little extra on the weekend and a nap on the weekend. So it's not something where you might get you know, exactly seven and a half to nine every single night. That's okay. Be a ris- be realistic about it. What can you do across the entirety of a week to make sure you're getting enough rest? So bottom line here, very simple. Make sleep and understanding sleep a priority because I guarantee you're going to see a massive benefit in how you feel. Okay, so those are the night before. Now we're getting into the day itself. How can you start your day off right? Well, Here's another one that we talk to our clients about that we need to be conscious of as well. Hydrate and fuel your body appropriately. Now, you might assume that since I live with a dietitian, that every meal I eat is, you know, custom plated. It would be Instagram ready, um, you know, beautiful photos, eating the rainbow at every meal. I'd love to think that's the case, but, you know, sometimes it's not. I live in reality. I don't live in this fantasy world that some of the the Instagram people do. So that's why this past year, I actually hired a nutrition coach. I hired somebody to help me out to better understand my own body, um, understand kind of what fueling strategies work best for me, understand my own personal preferences when it comes to nutrition, and it's made a, a huge impact. You know, I mean, again, I'm a big believer that sometimes you need to remove loved ones from the equation. I don't, I love my wife, but I don't want her to feel like she has to coach me in nutrition. So I have other people, you know, trusted people that I have used and outsourced this to, to help me better understand things. So, you know, I'm not sure a lot of this isn't simpler than we make it out to be, but man, it comes back to that idea like sleep. If you're going to sleep every single night, it makes sense that you want to invest time, you want to invest money to better understand things like sleep and nutrition. It just comes back to taking better care of your body. So I want to give you some practical strategies here. And these are very simple things that you, your clients, or athletes can all start doing right now today to make a positive impact on how you feel. So hydration. I mean, when you join my complete, sorry, it's not my complete coach. If you join my RTS annual training group, the first thing that I have these people do is start hydrating their body more efficiently. So their whole month goal for January is to make sure that they're either consuming a half ounce per pound of body weight of water per day, or if you're a metric person, one pound per kilo. Couldn't get easier, right? So if you weigh 200 pounds, Drink 100 ounces of water every day. If it's 90 kilos, 
drink 90 ounces. I mean, it, it's very, very simple, right? Now, I, <laughs> I wrote down here, I'm laughing at my own notes, but I wrote down, should I even talk about nutrition? LOL, because dude, this is such a polarizing topic and I am not the person that's gonna give you know, a couple thousand or tens of thousands of people nutritional advice, basic things that I think everybody can follow and get behind. Eat a blend of protein, carbs, and fats. I'm not even sure some of the experts would agree on that anymore. But I think balance is key in most things in life, right? If all you do is just high intensity, one RM lifting, it's probably not great. If all you do is 100 mile races, uh, probably not great either. There's a happy medium. So strength, conditioning, same thing here. When it comes to nutrition, get some proteins, get some carbs, get some fats. You know, we talk about or joke about eating the rainbow. Uh, actually, Mark Bubbs and I talked about this. When you're working with high-level athletes, yeah, you want them to eat the rainbow, but they have such extreme fueling needs that there are times to go outside of that mantra. Sometimes you just need like quick sugars and that sort of thing to try and get their calories up. But for most of us, you know, the gen population, those of us that are just trying to look good, feel good, eat the rainbow. And Kendall and I uh, and Jess had a discussion the other night, and she knows this. She knows she's supposed to eat the rainbow. And she's like, well, you know, I had a white food, a brown food, a tan food. She's like, I had a red food. I'm like, first off, Kendall, whites, browns, and tans are not, not colors. They're not colors. I don't know how you would describe them, but they're not colors. She's like, oh, I had a red food. I said, yeah, what was that? She said, pepperoni. <laughs> so anyway, that was funny. But, I mean, these basic principles kind of work, right? Mix of protein, carbs, fats. Eat the rainbows. Here's the biggest thing. Figure out what works for you. I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutrition expert. There are people out there that can help you with this, but find out what works for you. Some people do really well on like a, like a zone-ish type split where it's like one-third protein, carbs, fats. Some people need more carbohydrates. Some people prefer or do better on more fats. I'm not here to tell you what that is, but I am here to tell you Figure out what works best for you. Does it not make sense to take six to 12 months to work with somebody in the nutrition space to help you better understand how to appropriately fuel your body? And I just think of it like this. If you're going to take great care of others, it behooves you to take great care of yourself first. And I don't think that's being selfish. In fact, I think that's being incredibly altruistic in the sense that, hey, look, I want to take great care of you. But for me to do that, I have to take care of myself first. If I'm my best version of myself, I'm going to take even better care of you. So that's how I think about it. So that was number three. Hydrate and fuel your body appropriately. Now, a lot of these sound pretty basic up to this point. But I think we got a couple here that that are going to kind of push some buttons a little bit. And I definitely think you're going to resonate with. So number four, you got a coach. And I know this sounds basic, and you're probably thinking, well, I coach people every day. And it reminds me of, you know, Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars when he's like, unlimited power. Well, you want unlimited energy? Go in and coach people. And when I was typing this up, it made me think back. And part of the, the joy for me of creating these solo shows is it forces me to reflect and think back on, you know, some of the, the journeys that I have been on over the years. So, you know, when I first got into coaching at, at Ball State, we had powerlifting workouts at 6 a.m. in the morning. Immediately after we were done with that, I had grad school classes until like from like 8 to 11 or 8 to noon. Then I was in the research lab from like 12 to 3. And then after that, I'd go in the weight room from like 3 to 6 or 3 to 7, depending on what was going on there. I mean, that's a long day. Or like when I opened iFast. You know, I was up at 4.45, I was in the gym opening up at 5.45, a lot of nights wouldn't get out of there till 7 or 7.15, and it was weird because on like one hand you're tired, but on the other hand you're still buzzing, like you still got a lot of juice, and so I just feel like if you want more energy, it behooves you to coach people and invest in others, push your energy into others because now you start to take energy back. All right, so I'm going to tell you unequivocally, I'm a better human being when I coach people regularly, period. Like I almost used to go through times of depression in the winter or like in like 
certain times a year where I wouldn't have anybody around and I'd go for like three weeks, four weeks, six weeks where I didn't have a lot of people, like it was just kind of sad. I don't know. Like I would get into this funk and then once say spring or summer would hit and I'd start getting my athletes back, it's like, oh yeah, this is, this is me. This is what I'm used to do. But I always think of it like this. Coaching not only lifts others up, but it lifts you up. It's like this weird energy share and maybe, you know, it's not created, but just the mutual energy lifts everybody up. So this is what I got into the game for. Like, I don't know about you. I don't think most of us got into the game to try and be millionaires. And if you did, you were probably (laughs) sorely disappointed Uh, either once you got into the school programs and they told you what we really make or you got into the real world and you found out the hard way what trainers and coaches make but look like just tell you like we got into the game because we want to help people so why wouldn't you want to coach people as much as possible now i do have one caveat here and that is the client who becomes the energy vampire And I always call back to my good friend, Alan Cosgrove, no small part, played no small part in us opening IFAST because I remember sitting, uh, you know, at at a pub with him in California. I'd done like a, an in-service for his staff. And he's like, all right, come on, we're going to go have lunch. And we sat there and he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I think I was, you know, 28, 29 at the time. And I said, well, I want to open a gym. He said, great. How long will it take you to do that? I said, I don't know, six months. He's like, perfect. In six months, you're going to open a gym. And I was like, wow. Okay. So anyway, I digress. I remember Alan talking to me early on and he said, it's very important when you get started, like if they will pay you, you take them, right? Because you got to pay the bills. You got to pay yourself. You got to get the business rolling. But over the course of time, you need to kind of mentally rank your clients as A, B, C, or D clients. And he gave me this kind of spectrum or analogy he said your a level clients are people that show up early they're always smiling they pay their dues every single month on time they refer people to you essentially you would train them for free now on the other hand you've got your d level clients they show up late they have zero energy they complain their entire session you always wonder if Uh, their money is going to clear through the EFT funds every month. You know, they make you miserable. Nobody wants to train with them. So he said, your goal is to rank these clients over the course of time, A, B, C, and D, and then slowly but surely work your way up the food chain. So the first people you get rid of are your Ds, and then you get rid of your Cs, and then you get rid of your Bs. You know, if you've got a thriving business where you don't need people's money, right, or you have the ability to pick and choose who you work with, hey, at some point, you're only working with A-level clients. And I took that to heart because that's where I'm at now. Like, if you're an energy vampire, if you're going to take away um, from my time and energy, if you're not committed to your own success, or I'm more committed to your success than you are, then we're not going to work together. So that's the point here. If you want to get in or stay in this game a long time, you got to learn to love coaching. You got to love working with people. You got to love helping people succeed, seeing more in them than they see in themselves, right? I talked a lot over the years about vision and having this vision for people that maybe they don't see for themselves yet. Like that's what gets me excited. That's what brings me back into the coaching game every single day. But just never forget, you could be the best coach on the planet. You could have every single person in the world that wants to work with you. But at the end of the day, keep yourself humble because this is a service-based industry. We are here to take care of people and help make them better. So that's number four, man. Try and coach as much as you can every single day. It's going to give you more energy. It's going to make you feel good. Number five. This one should sound familiar. Train. Very simple. Train. You know, and... Again, going down Reflection Avenue here, thinking about my own training history and thinking about when I first started in the glorious halls of Muncie Burris High School. You know, we did the dumbest stuff ever, guys. I like the dumbest. I mean, we're talking about machine-based training, sets of 100, bench pressing to a max three times a week, um, all pressing, no pulling, wondering why our shoulders are rounded forward. Like, we did the dumbest stuff. You know, over the years... 
from kind of the end of high school into college, what I would describe as the bodybuilding days. You know, we didn't have access to like T Nation or you know, all the great resources that are out there now, right? Like T Nation was really kind of like the gateway drug for me, but we had muscle and fitness and we had flex. And towards the end, we had muscle media. So at least we are starting to evolve a little bit. But most of college, it was just bodybuilding training. You know, you had a chest day, you had a back day, you had an arm day. You know, I did the powerlifting thing. I think I've kind of come full circle now. Here I am, 43. It's like, man, I'm not trying to be huge. I'm not trying to be jacked out of my mind. I'm not trying to bench press, squat, and deadlift the most weight possible. It's like, hey, I want to move good. I want to feel good. I want to have enough energy to go out and play basketball or soccer or baseball and coach and hang out with my kids. So when I say all this, just know and understand I've been in this boat. Sometimes the last thing that you want to do as a trainer or coach is train yourself. I get it. I've had those days, especially when you're getting started. If you're working split shifts, if you're working 12, 14, 16 hour days, the last thing you want to do is train yourself. And it really sucks because, you know, sometimes you do this long enough and it's like the thing that you loved to do, right? Like you probably got in this industry because you love to train. You love to work out. And now all of a sudden, the thing that you loved to do has become work. And that kind of sucks. So something I want you to think about is what can you tap into to make training fun again? How can you make your own training fun? So for me, a lot of times if things are boring or stagnant, that's when I'll hire a coach. I'll get somebody to help me out for a little while. Uh, so for you, maybe it's you know getting writing yourself a totally new program. You know, maybe it's finding a new goal. Maybe it's hiring a coach for yourself. And again, I'm not saying you have to work with me. I've worked with some great people over the years. I know Bill Hartman wrote me some great programs, even though Bill will tell you he's not writing programs anymore. I will just tell you the man can write a decent program. Uh, so I had Bill write me programs over the years. Eric Otter, when he was uh, an intern and employee at the gym, wrote me some killer programs. Mike Camperini here lately. When I was into powerlifting, Mike Tusher wrote me programs. So you know, that's always kind of re-energized me. And I think sometimes as a coach, it's nice to have that level of accountability for yourself. You know, we're always there for our clients and athletes, but who's there for us? So that's where hiring our coach can help keep us accountable and on track. And this kind of comes back to my original point early on when we talked about planning your day. But hey, man, don't just assume that somewhere in the day you're going to find time to work out. When you're planning that agenda, Make time and schedule your own training session for that day. So, you know, don't just assume that it's magically going to find its way into your day because I guarantee it won't. Trust me, I've had so many days where I'm like, yeah, I'll get a training session in sometime. And then lo and behold, it's six o'clock. I've been coaching or on calls or driving around, running errands, doing stuff with my kids. And I'm like, it ain't happening today. So don't leave it to chance. Schedule your own training. One last thing, when I talk about train, I think too often people assume that training means like just getting after it, right? Like heavy weights, big plyos, you know, intense, grueling conditioning sessions. And I think the term train for me has shifted over the years. When I think about training, when I think about working out, it doesn't always have to be this intense, just gut-wrenching session. It doesn't have to be like that. Sometimes it's just checking the box daily. So yeah, I've got three or four days a week. I'm looking to get in the gym and I'm going to push some weights. I'm going to do some things. But the other days, hey man, I'm going to do some cardio. Maybe it's just going to be like a little mobility series, like my ground prep series. Maybe it's going to be some stretching, whatever. Just try and do something every single day that nudges you towards your fitness goals. So one last thing, I probably just said one last thing, but one last thing. When it comes to this idea of coaches training, one thing that has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way or that I've never agreed with is that it's okay to be a coach who doesn't train themselves. Like, I just can't fathom that. I can't imagine telling people how to take care of their bodies when you're not taking care of yours. So just remember, you don't have to be the biggest, you don't have to be the fastest, you don't have to be the strongest, you don't have to be the leanest person. But you got to check in regularly. You got to clock in. You got to put in the work because just like we talked about with sleep or nutrition, 
your clients and athletes, if you're not really walking the walk, if you're not doing the things that you tell them to do, they're going to they're gonna know it. They're going to recognize it and they're going to lose respect for you. So you got to train. You got to find some way each and every day to take care of your body. Number six, get outdoors and walk. Now, we're getting a little bit out there, which is a good thing. You know, we've talked about some of the basic stuff, training, nutrition, sleep, planning your day. But man, one of the best things that we did when we got Finn is having to take care of a dog. And if you've never had a dog in the winter, you realize, hey man, this dog doesn't care if it's negative 10 degrees out and there's snow on the ground. Like he needs to get out and move. Um, And so I think that's been one of the best things for me was realizing that, hey, part of having a dog is taking care of a dog. And looking back on my own life, especially when I was younger, when I was like teens, 20s, I used to struggle you know, like these weird like bouts of depression. Maybe it was like a seasonal depression type thing. Definitely dealt with anxiety as I got older. And, you know, looking back, how much of that could I have positively impacted if I had done some of these things that I talked about, right? Like when I talk about getting outdoors and walking, we'll talk about like meditation later. A lot of these things could have been alleviated or outright just done, like gotten them out of my life had I done more of these things. So as a trainer or a coach, a lot of your days are spent indoors. Nothing worse. I'm looking outside right now as I record this. It's like 60, 65 degrees out. It's one of the first warm days here. Like as soon as I'm done, I'm getting outdoors. So when you spend all day indoors, you got to make time to get outdoors. And if you go through the history annals and you look at you know all these great authors and these prolific speakers and you know entrepreneurs and all these people over the years one of the consistent themes that they talked about was the power of going for walks and getting out in nature i think part of this and i'll talk about this later on is this idea of creating space for yourself but man did you know that just looking at nature even if it's on your computer can decrease stress, anxiety, it improves your well-being, it lowers your heart rate, your blood pressure. There's a myriad of health benefits if you consistently get out and enjoy nature. Now, I'm not saying stare at it on your computer screen. You know, I'm just saying it's been proven that even as little as that can help. But I believe getting out in nature every single day makes a huge impact. So one of the goals that I kind of set for myself Uh, especially when I started working with Trevor, the nutrition coach was like, hey, I'm going to try and get 10K steps in per day. Now, on a pretty good coaching day, I could get seven, 8,000 in, but that still requires me if I'm going to get to 10, I got to do what we would call the big loop with the dog. So we got to go around our neighborhood, basically one full lap, and that'll get me to my 10,000. And now, one thing that happens is when you start talking about, hey, you know, getting out in nature, just know and understand. Sometimes it's not about like going out for this brisk, vigorous walk. Sometimes it's just getting out. It's taking a stroll. It's enjoying feeling the sun on your face. It's listening to the birds. I'm sure I sound pretty woo-woo right now. I'm okay with that. But, you know, just getting out and enjoying nature a bit more. So actually now when I walk, I kind of go about 50-50. About half the time, I wear headphones and I'm listening to music that I like or I'm listening to podcasts. The other half, I got nothing. You know, I'm not connected or tethered to my phone, to the internet. It's just me and the dog, beautiful open skies, and just enjoying being out in nature. So warm, cold, rainy, sunny, doesn't matter. Work to get outside every single day. I think it will make a huge impact on how you feel, just your general happiness and well-being. And it's not always fun, Look, I had those days where it was like negative 10 this year. You know, I was freezing. I had like five layers on. The dog had just gotten shaved. We had like a little doggy jacket for him. But hey, we got out there and we did it more times than not. And I feel like it made a huge impact on how I felt over the course of the winter. So that's number six. Get outdoors and walk. Number seven. Every day or as often as possible, take time to work on your own con ed and content creation. Now for me, 
it's imperative to both empty the cup and fill the cup with regards to learning. And I'm going to lean on this kind of equation or analogy that Frank Shamrock, the MMA legend, likes to use. And he uses what he calls the plus minus equals system. So if you are in MMA, you need to find a plus. Okay, you need to find someone who is better than you, that you learn from, or that you aspire to. You need to find a mentor. You need to find a minus. So even if you're just starting, you need to try and find that rank newbie, the person who, you know, this is their first class ever. That person is below you that you can then mentor and coach. And then last but not least, you need to find your equal, right? You need to find someone who is at your level or just a little bit above or below who can push you and challenge you to become better. And I think this applies so well in so many areas of life, but it especially works in our space. So for starters, I think you need to make time to learn something new or learn something at a deeper level every single day. And the great thing now is there's no shortage of ways to do this. Like when I was coming up, and again, showing my age here, but if I wanted to read a research article, I had to either get in my car or walk to the library. I had to find the actual article on a computer. Then I had to go to the print manual that it was stored in, make physical copies of it, putting dimes into a machine. Like that's how I had to read research. Or, you know, as far as training methods go, again, it was like muscle and fitness. It was Flex Magazine. Now, think about all the tools you have at your disposal, right? Like literally right now, when you got done with this show, you could watch an Instagram or a YouTube video. You could listen to a podcast like this one. You could read an article on the internet. But the bottom line is you have to dive in and do something. Find some way to stimulate your own thought processes every single day. Now, here's the cool part about this. And I'm going to lean on my guy, Luca Hasavar here, because something Luca is notorious for is that when he learns something, he doesn't assume that he's learned it. He's going to turn around as quickly as possible and try and teach it back to someone else. And I think that's really valuable. Like, don't just read something and assume you know it. Take that knowledge and then turn around and try and teach somebody else what you just learned. Now the depth of your learning and the depth of the understanding are so much greater. And this is something we actually do with our interns. So if somebody were to come and intern at iFast, on Monday we do like a formal education piece. So maybe I'll teach them about programming or squatting or conditioning. I'm going to lecture to them, right, and do some practical stuff on Monday. And by Wednesday, one of them has to teach it back to our staff. So they really have to know and understand this stuff. So it just heightens and deepens the learning experience when you don't just you know, assume that you've learned it, but when you actually, actually have to take it and teach it to someone else. And something that I've thought a lot about here lately is that you know, knowledge isn't meant to be kept. Look, there are no more secrets. Nobody has some sort of secret training methods or methodology or knowledge that nobody else has access to. Like knowledge isn't meant to be kept. It's meant to be shared. Now, as I say that, just know and understand, if you're taking somebody else's intellectual property, that's not cool, right? If you're going to take somebody else's information, make sure you reference them. Make sure you cite them, right? That's how things grow. That's how they evolve. You know, I'm quick to tell everybody that a lot of the stuff that I've learned and applied over the years is directly because of my guy, Bill Hartman. But I'm always going to reference him. If Joe Ken has done something amazing, I'm going to reference him. It doesn't matter. Like, how many people have I referenced over the course of this podcast? Because I feel like that's important, right? But share what you've learned with others. And just ask yourself every single day, like, who am I going to coach today? Who am I going to mentor? And maybe it's a client or athlete. Maybe it's an intern. Maybe it's a young coach that you're bringing into your facility. But I think this should be a goal. Learn and teach something every single day, your life will immediately be improved and enriched. And you're going to level up a ton as a trainer or coach. The more often you do this, the more you give back, the more you help shape and mold and mentor others, that's when your growth really unlocks itself. All right. So content, 
Con Ed, got to do it. Number eight, get real time with loved ones. So I've mentioned this a couple times now, but you know, as I get older, you kind of get time to reflect on who you were and the person you still want to become. And I think this is only natural, right? When you're 20s, eh, you're kind of self-aware, but you think the world revolves around you. And as you get older, you start to recognize like the person you were, you're kind of kind of honest about the person you are now. And you're very conscious of, hey, even if I'm good now, like there's still room to grow, right? And you think about the, the person and the human being you want to become. And, you know, so if I'm being honest, you know, I just think back to when I was younger and being a little bit self-absorbed, thinking I knew all the things, not spending enough time with my wife, you know, especially when, when I was doing in-home, like the hours were grueling. Uh, when I opened iFast, the hours were grueling and it's, I made sacrifices in my personal relationships with my wife and, you know, God bless her for sticking it out with me and for being the woman that she is. But, you know, I think the major shift for me was when we had Kindle and I just realized like, there's a lot left to be desired here. There's a lot of things that I want to improve about myself. Um, and, and looking back on my own family, and, you know, I've got an amazing dad, mom, sister, like I love them all, but we're not like the most tight knit family. So I just kept thinking to myself, okay, I'm not who I want to be. I don't want my family, my current family to grow up kind of the way we did. I want us to be tight. I want them to want us around all the time. You know, I want to live in the same city or, you know, if we don't live in the same city, I want to visit them as much as possible. So how do I do that? And so while not perfect, still to this day, uh, I try to find ways to connect on a daily basis with each member of my family. I try and find things that they're interested in. So, you know, with Cade, maybe it's playing video games or board games or playing with the dog, like especially when the weather's nice. He loves playing with the dog and throwing the ball on the Frisbee and like we just have a blast doing that. You know, with Kendall, it's going on walks. She loves talking about books. You know, we like the same kind of TV shows and movies, so we get to snuggle during those. You know, Jess uh, talking after what I would describe as the cool down period. So anybody that has kids knows that like once the kids go to bed, there's almost like this 30 minutes that's just necessary silence. But, you know, after that, connecting with her and talking about, you know, how was your day? What's going on? All that sorts of stuff. So like I try and have these individual moments with all the people in my family. But then there's other things that I think you can do along the way. So family dinner. For, for us is like religion, right? It's something I never did growing up. And I know a lot of people will find this odd, but I mean, I could tell you, I could probably count on one hand how many times we would eat dinner together as a family when I was growing up, like five or less per year. It's just crazy because now, you know, unless one of us is out of town or we have some sort of sporting event where we can't be together, we eat family dinner together every single night. And it's actually something I pulled from Dave Tate because he had kids uh, a little bit before I did. And he's like, I think this is the most important thing you can do as a family is connect and have dinner and communicate every single night. So that's something we've always done. Uh, Talk about like date night with Jess or with the kids, dedicated time, family vacations, especially after COVID where we couldn't do a whole lot. I think we took four family vacations this last year. And so for me, I mean, I just feel like those times and those memories are invaluable. So even if it's just going to Florida and hanging out on a beach for a week, or we did like the whole, uh, you know, Michigan trip again last year, we spent time at Universal and we spent time with my family last, uh, last Christmas break. So look, not here to say that I'm perfect, but I'm always trying to be better. So, you know, as you get older, I think most people of a certain age will tell you this, but as you get older, your circle gets smaller. When you're young, You think you're going to have this huge group of friends your whole life, um, and it just doesn't work like that. But I I would tell you this. As you get older and your circle gets smaller, make sure that as the circle gets smaller, the relationships that you hold on to become richer as a result. And that's the way I think about it. It's like, hey, you know, I don't have all the friends that I had in high school or in college, but those people that have lasted kind of the test of time, man, the relationships I have with them are pretty darn sweet. So that is number eight, get real time with loved ones. Number nine, have a hobby or do something that you personally enjoy. Now, 
if I get a do-over of any of these 10, it's this one. And part of this is a, I would say, personal slash character flaw that also serves me well in a lot of areas of my life. So I have this obsession with like work, fitness, learning. There's a lot of type A tendencies in there. But bottom line is this. If I do something, I want to be good at it. Like, that's just all there is to it. I struggle to just do something for the simple pleasure and enjoyment of doing it. But over the last month or two, this has really kind of come to light because when I did the podcast with Mike Reinold, he talked about improving his golf game. And that dude's crazy busy, right? Andy McCloy's got a thriving online and offline business. He likes uh, shooting guns. Like, that's his hobby. Joel likes to fly things. You know, he's definitely the most eclectic of the bunch, but Joel loves to fly planes and fly helicopters. So, you know, again, for me, I've had a lot of little hobbies over the years, like playing golf or learning to play guitar, getting back to piano. So I've got to find a way to table the perfectionism so that I find something to kind of balance this out. Because growing up, people would say, what are you interested in? And I'd always say three things, sports, movies and music well the problem is sports and fitness and all that kind of became my job and i'm not sure movies and music really count as hobbies because i'm not like creating them but you know and then i also wrote like what about kids do kids count as a hobby because they're a full-time job as well but you know if we're being realistic if we're being honest with ourselves hobbies personal endeavors enrich our lives they give us balance and i think a lot about this idea of refilling the cup you know, you got to refill your cup. As coaches, people like to talk about burnout, and that's a whole nother topic for another discussion. But if you want to avoid burnout, keep pushing yourself as a trainer or a coach, like intellectually, like keep trying to get better. You don't want to be stagnant because I think that's a big cause of burnout. But you have to find ways outside of fitness to refill your cup. I think there's also merit to finding ways to grow as a human being outside of our preferred station in life. So while I want to be an elite level trainer, coach, whatever, there's also merit to succeeding in other areas of life. So that's something I need to work on myself. So, you know, some things to think about for you if you don't have a hobby or you don't have something personally that you're striving towards outside of the fitness space, like start to ask yourself, what do you like to do outside of fitness? What's something you could really dive into? What are you passionate about? You know, and here's a tough question. This is something that, again, I've, I've asked myself, but, you know, if you couldn't be in fitness, what would you do for a living? And you go through those questions and you might just find something that you're really passionate about that you can do outside of this space that helps kind of refill the energy cup and just make you a more well-rounded and, you know, for lack of a better term, interesting person to be around. Because some of the most interesting people that I've interacted with over the years just have a ton of personal interests and personal hobbies that they've worked towards, you know, improving over their years. Number 10. At first, I was just going to say create space. But then I came back to, no, number 10 is meditation and mindset. And, you know, earlier in life, we kind of talked about it previously in the show, but, you know, dealing with like depression, anxiety, you know, I feel like sometimes the term mental health gets gets thrown around uh, a little bit loosely these days. But, you know, I think I struggled with some of those things in the past. And I think this this definitely could have been reduced, if not outright eliminated, if I had been consistent with meditation back in the day. And, you know, look, meditation is something I dabbled with for a long, long time before I ever got consistent about it. So when I break it down, whether it's with my clients and athletes, whether it's with online coaching clients, whether it's with people in the RTS annual training group, I always talk about the four pillars, training, nutrition, recovery, and mindset slash meditation. And we want our clients to adhere to these, right? Like you could talk to every single client or athlete. You could say, here are our four pillars and they'd agree. Yeah, that's important. But then we always have to come back to, but are we doing all those ourselves? So for me, when I meditate, I, I basically have that ability to create space. 
and stop the internal chatter. So we've all probably had that day where it feels like the walls are closing in on us. You know, the to-do list is excessively long. You're dealing with stressful situations at work, in your personal life, financially. Like the ability to meditate and create that space doesn't fix all those things, but it makes it feel far less overwhelming. And I'll be honest, I'm just consistently amazed at how I can feel nervous, anxious, overwhelmed, any of those things, and then I meditate and things are like a thousand percent better. Now, I think one of the biggest issues when, whether I'm talking to you or I'm talking to a client or athlete and they'll say, oh, I'm just too busy, like I don't have time to do this. And Leo Babuta is kind of like a productivity minimalist kind of author. And one of the things that he talks about is, hey, look, if somebody is resistant to starting this, just have them meditate for one minute a day, right? Literally start with meditating one minute a day. I think he's also the guy that says if people don't want to floss, literally have them floss like one tooth, (laughs) which is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. But it sets you up for success, right? Like nobody can say you don't have time to floss one tooth. Nobody can say they don't have one minute to meditate. So it's just all about getting that momentum going. It's about just getting a little bit of positive energy going so that eventually you start to build from it. And I mean, there's so many apps out there now, right? There's Calm, there's Headspace, there's Waking Up. So there's got apps if that's the route you want to go. If you don't want to do that, you can literally just sit in silence for three to five minutes. Just breathe deeply. Full inhales, full exhales, pause when you get that exhale. It's just amazing at how much better you feel. So I will just tell you this. I don't know of anything else you can do in your day where five minutes of meditation can literally reshape the other 1,435 minutes that constitute the rest of your day. Like make time to do this daily. Some of these things, you know, you may do five days a week, six days a week, make time every single day to meditate. I guarantee you won't be sorry. All right, my friend. So that does it. 10 ways to upgrade your body, business, and life as a coach. As you probably noticed, you know, there's a big blend here. You know, some of these things are very focused on you. Other things are very focused on others. And I think that's natural. But we cover all aspects of your development, right? We're talking mental, physical, and spiritual but to rate, to <laughs> been a long one, sorry. To recap, let's go through all 10. Number one, brain dump. Plan your day the night before. Get all those things out of your brain. Plan your next day so that when you wake up, you're refreshed and you are ready to dominate. Number two, sleep. There are no hacks. There are no workarounds. Get enough sleep. Take care of your body so that you wake up each and every day more energized. Number three, Hydrate and fuel your body appropriately. Again, no hacks. Figure out what works best for you. Get enough water. Get enough fluids every day. Figure out the nutritional profile that works best for you. There may be trial and error. You may have to go through multiple coaches. But this is something that I think is imperative if you want to get the most out of your life. Number four, coach people as often as possible. This is not you giving away energy. When you have the right people around you, man, this is everybody leveling up. You're energized because you're helping them get better. They're energized because you're pouring energy into them. Everybody wins in this game. So find ways to coach each and every day. Number five, train yourself. Coaches that don't train themselves ultimately are not as successful, period, point blank. I don't care what anybody else says. You have to take care of yourself. And... What's also amazing is when you take care of yourself, ultimately, there's more power behind your words, right? Remember what we talked about. Your clients and athletes, they know if what you're saying is really how you live, if it's really how you operate. So train, take care of yourself. It's not about being the biggest, fastest, strongest, leanest. Nobody cares about that. They just want to know that you're in the arena, that you're in the trenches with them trying to get better. Number six, get outdoors, walk every day, enjoy nature, get more steps in, just, it feels amazing, done, like, get outside, walk every day, you will feel better as a result. Number seven, find ways to educate yourself and educate others on a daily basis. Remember, plus, minus, equals, surround yourself with people of varying ages, 
ability levels so that you can learn from others and you can also teach, educate, and mentor people that are below you. Number eight, find time with your loved ones. You're never going to get it back, right? You're never going to get it back. So make sure that you're carving out and spending time with the people that mean the most to you. Number nine, find a hobby. Work on your own personal development outside of fitness. Something I'm going to work on myself. Make, make me stick to that, okay? And then number 10, focus on your own mindset. Meditate regularly. Take care of your mental health. So that's it, my friend. 10 ways to upgrade your body, business, and life as a coach. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, do me one small favor. Please share this episode with a family member, a friend, a fellow trainer, coach, rehab professional, anybody that you think would resonate with these 10 items we discussed here today. So my friend, as always, thank you so much for your support. Love and appreciate you. And we'll be back next week with our next episode. Take care.